chairs with you. Okay. Yeah, the phones, and someone should be speaking to you directly. Oh, yeah? Um, they're they're on the other end. I can hear papers shuffling around. <laughs> so, uh, you just leave me alone in this with all of these. I'm going to make sure you guys are communicating properly. Hello. And, um, I'm, in, I'm in the office right across the hall, so when you're, when you're through speaking with them, just uh, let me know, and I'll make sure we drop our lines and okay. everything like we should. But, um, somebody should talk to you here in a second. So I'm not Hello. Sure Hello. Hi, it's Krista Tippett. Hello, Hello Krista. <laughs> You're not really alone. Okay. <laughs> I, I I hope you haven't been. Have you been watching that uh, that stream from uh, uh, University of Illinois at Urbana Champaign? Or, or did did you get to see that? <laughs> no. What is it? Oh well, I I gave it to Jody. Last oh night. oh yes, I did. Oh the, yeah, is that where that was? No, I was listening to part of it. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry. It it. There were lots of ums and ahs in it because I I'd just <laughs> flown in from Europe and I was really exhausted. So oh. it, it was, it was a dreadfully long and tedious lecture. I think. So. Well, I didn't I didn't listen to the whole thing. I'd really okay. done all my I'd done most of my preparing and I I had it okay. in the background as I was arranging my notes. So it okay. was fine. I got a couple of new things out of it. But okay, great. No need to apologize. <laughs> is it is it all set up? This I got a guy here who's. Who's who's nodding his head rather than shaking his head? So yeah, um, where am I supposed to be relative to this microphone? Can I be anywhere? Or I would speak directly on mic if you can't. Just yeah, you know, I mean, like you're, you're like really, yeah, you're fine right there. Just, I'm right here. Just don't okay. get off side of the mic. If you get off axis, they'll they'll have a hard time hearing you. Okay. So just stay in front of it. All right. Okay. Well, I'm all yours. Okay. Great. Um, I think you sound good, Mitch. Do you um do you want us to to say to talk about what he had for breakfast to get are you all right mary, hmm? mary had mary had a little lamb oh. nobody could figure out how mary had a little lamb <laughs> no i don't hear an echo i'm great should we just go okay all right do you have any questions of me before we begin uh just be nice. And, uh, <laughs> I always am. And, and, and cut out all the swear words. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I can do that too. Um, oh, say your name for me. As you, I want to know how you say it. Is it just Freer? Uh, Andrew Freer. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Other people call me different things. All right. <laughs> um, I really liked this this description of you in the architectural record: a gonzo spirit with a disciplined mind and a sophisticated aesthetic. Oh God! Did you like that too? <laughs> My guns. <laughs> um, Can you say it again? I, I, yeah. A gonzo spirit with a disciplined yeah. mind and a sophisticated aesthetic. Um. <laughs> you don't have to comment. I just <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. I, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Am I supposed oh, to? No, oh, you shouldn't. Let's, um, let's see what we can do at this end. Uh, talk to me now. Tell me uh, something. Tell me what you had for lunch, and let's see if you still hear it. Well, I just—I actually just had lunch with the head of University of Alabama Art Department. That was fun because he's—he's uh, one of our biggest supporters. And it's that—that—that that, that might so, not might sound strange to somebody else, but the University of Alabama and Auburn University are sworn enemies. So oh. um, the fact that we had lunch together was one of those. It was potentially a mixed marriage kind hmm. of thing, you know. So, mm. Are you? Um are you still hearing that feedback, or are you do sound okay? Am to I still hearing that feedback? Uh, uh, I think, 
No, I think it's okay now. Okay. No, it, it's still there. It's still it? there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry. We've turned. No, that's all right. We've turned down my headphones, which sometimes make a difference. Um, why don't you s- talk some more and just see for yourself if you can talk some more? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's, that w- it's better. Is it? Okay. Well, it's no, it's actually I still hear, there, but it's okay. I heard a little feedback there too. I do too. Yeah. Um, could you, can you turn your headphones down or ask, um, whoever's their engineer or producer to help you turn your headphones down a little bit and see if that, um, I'd better not start twiddling all these knobs okay. here. They can, I'll just, I'll just run and get him. Do you want me to do that? Oh, ask okay. We'll, we'll call him. Okay. You just, uh, did you move away from the mic? I did, yes. Oh, okay, I, uh, okay. I ran off into the corner. All right. So <laughs> I did. I didn't believe me. I didn't touch anything. No, no. This happens every time. This is. This okay. is. We always have to adjust this. But, but um, okay. y- you'll. It will drive you crazy if you, if you have that echo. You you can't hear yourself yeah. speak. So we need to get rid of yeah. it. So Mitch is calling, the control room and. Um, okay. Do you do you have any? Mm-hmm. They could come down a little bit. I mean, do you have any questions of me about uh, while they're talking to each other about the show or? Could you turn me up just a little bit, though, Mitch? I can't. I can hardly. Okay, I, that's better. I um. I have to be. I have to confess that I haven't listened to any of the okay. CDs that was sent to me. That's so fine. I, 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 um, I, d- I, all I, all I read was a little bit of the email that you sent okay. to uh, Linda and. That the subjects are sustainability, mm-hmm. uh, or the, the general subject is sustainability, mm-hmm. and there's also this quote about uh, commitment to charity as a good virtue that needs to be renewed. And uh, oh, I didn't write that, reach, but okay, no, 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 no that, that's a Mockby thing. I'm not so oh, sure. Oh, that's about Mockby. That one. Okay. Yeah, um, so, but that was that was something that was all right. Well, I mean, yeah, this is a so. this, this is a national. Uh, it's a public radio program that's national and yes. weekly, and it, we get a whole hour to explore a subject. It, the program is called Speaking of Faith, but um, yeah. we take a really broad view of what this whole part of life is: faith, religion, okay. spirituality, in all its yeah. variety and complexity. And we don't, and we often, you know, we're not always often talking about religion, but about. Okay. Um, other subjects of human life and of our common yes. life, and uh, yeah, and kind of the virtues and the morality, um, as well perhaps as spiritual underpinnings or perspectives that come out of what okay. what different people do. Um, okay. But I think, from what I've read, you're, you know, we're going to have a good conversation here. So, well, I, hope I think, so. Mitch, are you? <laughs> oh, he can't reach the engineer. Um, oh, he can't. You want me to go find him? I, Mary well, I had a little hate, lama. I, 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 don't, I hate for you to go, have to go find him. I don't think I'm getting feedback now. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not. All right. Well, then let's just go. I'm not actually hearing myself either, so maybe it magically fixed itself. Yeah. Okay. Well, where I'd like to start is by hearing just a little bit of your story about, I mean, you, um, you're from Yorkshire, is that right? You grew up in Yorkshire? That's, that's right. Okay. That's right. And you studied architecture in London. Sounds like you were in Chicago. And then how did you hear about the rural studio? And what, you know, what was your first encounter with it? Um, well, I, I guess my first encounter with, uh, I'd, obviously I'd, I'd seen a little bit in the press. You know, I'm still getting feedback, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry. I, it, okay. Uh, well, I, then, do you want me to go find him? Yeah, maybe you should if we can't reach him. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. It's gonna. It, I can sense it's going to become irritating. Yeah. But, no, it oh. will. All right. Hold on. Okay. 
an echo coming back to yeah. you a bit. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you can still hear them, but I could probably reduce your headphone level quite a bit. Oh, is, is that it? Uh, I can hear myself even more now. Hmm. Hello. Are you I echoing? I think that's better. You think it's better? That's better. Okay. Yeah, that's that's much better. All right. Start All right. start talking for a minute and let's make sure. Um Okay, don't don't can you yeah, just wait one yeah, second? Um okay. okay, the well um I I Yeah, it's still there. Mm. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want it there. We don't want it there. No. Okay, I try again. Okay. I think that's better. Yeah, that's better. You know what I think it may be if you don't lean maybe quite so much into the mic. Um Okay, if I'm speaking from here. Well, I like the way you sound. That's too far. It? Yeah. But maybe just, you might so think that about... sexy Yorkshire accent, isn't it? <laughs> I like it. I lived in England for a couple of years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Where I recognize you Yorkshire accents. Oh, I lived in Wiltshire. Well, uh, my, uh, mine's, mine's a Yorkshire accent that's been well screwed up by West Alabama. Yeah, I know, so but I, I can say, still I say, hear I say, it. I say y'all. I heard you say that in the video, but I still hear yeah. the Yorkshire and you haven't gotten rid of it. Okay, it's it's good now. Okay. Yeah, definitely good now. All right. Um, is the engineer still in the room? Is the All right, thank so. you. Actually, can I get his phone number? Wait, um, we, could Mitch have his Wait. phone number? Okay. Mitch wants your phone number. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, hey, we're into anything in West Alabama. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Mitch, the number's 205-348-8000. Okay, I tried calling that before, but I got no answer. So that's your, I got your voicemail. But you'll, you'll answer that? Wow. Okay. Hello? Hello. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, let's try. Um, all right. All right. Um, okay, so you, you read about Rural Studio? Did you read about it when you were still in England, or was it when you come, came over here? Uh, I, I had I'd seen a little bit about it in England, but honestly, it, uh, it, it sort of it started to get some national press or, or architectural press uh, when I was living and working in Chicago, and I happened um, one night to go along to the Graham Foundation and see uh, Samuel Mockby lecture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really I was blown away by. Um, his personality, his spirit, and also, uh, quite honestly, just his belief in what he was doing. Hmm. And uh, I, I, it was so refreshing to to find an architect who um, was so totally and utterly immersed in 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 his in his in his craft and his art and his activity. And um, I, I, um, I, I, he had a huge impact. I mean, I think that a lot of people will say that. Uh, you know, when you when you met Sambo, he 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 just he had such a uh, an extraordinary kind of captivating personality, a sort of personality that's capable of dealing and and appealing to people in Mustang Oil in in Greensboro, West Alabama, or sort of an art gallery in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was capable of bridging all of those gaps, and I I I, I you know I fell in love with his passion and 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 his desire and uh, he sort of his delight in what he'd found in West Alabama and also that he was doing he was doing something of worth um right. I mean I I um I 
I struggled. I, I think I, I was living in Chicago for about six years and uh, both being a teacher and a practitioner. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I was... I was educated by a group of people in England and in London who had um, rebuilt England after the Second World War. Uh, and right. they, they really, uh, uh. you know, they believed that they could change the world and make the world a better place and do a lot of good. And, and so, you know, I, I was a sort of one of those dreamy souls that, that felt <laughs> that if I was going to do this, I may as well do something of worth, if you like. And um, I, I think it's, it's nice... Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic opportunity to be able to educate young people, but also at the same time uh, be able to give a, a better quality of life to a few people in West Alabama. And I, mm -hmm. I you know, I, I I was very lucky. I, I um, did you did you um, start up a conversation with Samuel Mockby then? I, I, I can't say that I did. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, he probably said, "Get out of the way" or something. You know, yeah. he, he was. Um, you know, no, we didn't speak to each other at all. But I, I, I went away from it and um, continued to teach and practice in in Chicago. And um, at some point, sort of um, was spinning my wheels in both and decided that I'd like to sort of perhaps concentrate a little bit more on teaching. And I and I, I threw some resumes in the mail and uh, forgot about it. And then the next minute, I had a response from Auburn. And I, I knew that Auburn University, um, I knew that Samuel Mockby worked at Auburn University, but I didn't exactly know where Auburn University was. Right. <laughs> so um, much to my surprise, I arrived in Atlanta and, and went over to Auburn. And they offered me a job, so I worked on the, the, the campus at Auburn for mm -hmm. a year. And during that time, got to go out to West Alabama, which is actually three hours away from the university. And... Uh, be on juries and, and look at the work that uh, Sambo and the team were doing out there and just was, you know, captivated by it. And at the end of that year, by luck or by judgment, um, Sambo just uh, he essentially asked me if I'd come out and work with him. And uh, I think there was about enough money to last until Christmas. There wasn't, there wasn't a great deal of money, and so it was just an act of, somewhat an act of faith. Right. And... and, and uh, you know, for me, the, for me, the rest is sort of history. I mean, it, it just—it was really—it's been a really wild ride, and it's—it's right. it's a, its a, a, an extraordinarily kind of optimistic and uh, oh, enthusiastic environment. I mean, young people having the opportunity to build is just—is really quite something. I mean, they—the carrot of an opportunity to build and right. to build for people, and and not just. Uh, uh, sort of be the, the the toys of the rich right. and famous that architects normally have, and to do you know some projects of social worth. I mean, Steve Bedanes, who often comes and visits, who's an architect who's been doing design build for an awful long time, is so incredibly jealous of the number <laughs> of public projects that we actually get to do in West Alabama. And mm. in some respects, we've become sort of West Alabama's architect. Right. I mean, it, Tell uh, me, um, I want to just stop right now before you... Are, are you Are you okay with the... Are, are you having the echo still at all? No, no, it's okay. good. Okay, all right. It's Mitch, good. you could turn my headphones down a tiny bit and... Okay, good. Um, you, I, I've read someplace that you wrote... Um, 
that you were the utilitarian socialist and Mockby mm. was the artist who said, make it pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very refreshing. It's very what, refreshing. What is, having, tell me what you learned, you know, what you took into that relationship, about the relationship between the two of you and what you learned well, I, I from mean, him. I mean, from a, you know, <laughs> the way that, I, I mean, I, do, I think that uh, we actually worked very well together because, I mean, it, it's, it's actually quite refreshing in academia where you you you, might, you meet a teacher and Sambo was certainly uh, a fantastic teacher. I mean, he just his personality. He was able to, you know, like I said before, he could engage mm-hmm. with absolutely anybody, and so people felt very comfortable in his presence. And there was no sort of academic pretension to the way that he operated, and so there was no. It didn't. There were. There, I mean, it's not to say that it wasn't intellectual, but it was absolutely stunningly refreshing to be with somebody who would profess to finding something, one thing more beautiful than another, and not being able to really articulate why. He just said, "You know, this is this is this is pretty, and this isn't." Hmm. And uh, you know, you could talk about it all day, but he was right. You know? Could you see and, what and, he and, saw when he when he described uh, it? Then? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no. I mean, there's a, a I mean, the sort of the just the character. I mean, it's very hard to describe, but yeah. sort of the characteristic. Fl- I mean. Um, Sambo, you always used to term, use, use the term stamango, and uh, so I, 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 well, like every project always needed a little bit of stamango, something a little bit extra special, <laughs> and uh, he was always, you know, you always had to, and we've had, you know, numerous discussions about how in, in making architecture and making building projects, particularly when you're on such low budgets, that... Um, you know, you have to choose your moments, and uh, he would always say that you need at least one moment or one piece of stamango in your project to lift it above the ordinary. Mm. And uh, you know, as as you know, his his sort of his his sort of clarion call was to to make architecture or, or people homes for people warm, dry, and noble. And right. it's that noble thing. Of, there's various ways of describing that noble. It might make you laugh. It might. Uh, make sort of spiritually inform you or enhance your life, but it give it something extra that that uh, was a because you know typically the folks that we work with will will say to you, well, just give me give me something, don't because anything is better anything. than I've got, mm-hmm. and uh, that doesn't really satisfy us, and certainly doesn't satisfy our students, and they're they're so sort of outrageously ambitious and and. The nice thing that I think the Royal Studio offers is sort of the time and the opportunity to be ambitious. I mm-hmm. mean, the, the students can, I, I say to them at the beginning of the year, you can make this absolutely what you want it to be and, and, and aspire to really great things for yourself and for your client. Well, aspiring and, to uh, making but, noble yeah. noble buildings is actually quite a, yeah. a lovely yes. idea. Well, yes, I want to I want to ask you some big ideas about mm. architecture and you know what mm. you're doing and what it means to you, but I I think maybe a good way to start to make sure that we're not abstract is is for mm. you to just describe for me right now. Say one of the Talk to me about a project that you're really passionate and excited about right now that's underway, or oh, something right. you've just oh, finished, or you know something that you're. Oh my goodness! Well, there's there's too many, but um, I, I my particular delight at the moment is uh, is a little house called the twenty thousand dollar house. It's uh, it's a house that's inspired by a rural development grant that is given out. That is twenty thousand. It's it's actually a 
I, I guess I should describe it as a $20,000 loan. And mm. it's to the poorest of the poor, typically those that are on welfare, and they they can qualify for this loan. And the prerequisite of the loan is that you go and you use this loan to build yourself a home. Now, um, the, the one uh, uh, caveat to that is that at the moment there's not actually... Um, um, there's not. There's not a. Uh, what's the? Sorry. There's not <laughs> a model. Uh, there's. There isn't a model at the moment uh, for the twenty thousand dollar house. So they're. They're much. The. 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 So e- even if I get the twenty thousand dollar loan, there isn't a model out there that actually qualifies under the rural development and HUD regulations <laughs> for me to go out and build it. Right. So it's sort of. It's. A, it's. It's. It's a little bit dubious, and some might say suspicious. But um, so what we try, we have actually tried to do, do is say, well, can we indeed build? What can we build for twenty thousand dollars? And and of course, the prerequisite is is twenty thousand dollars built by a builder. So what we have said is, let's see what we can actually build ourselves for ten thousand dollars in materials, mm-hmm. understanding that our labor is free. So we build into that. With you know, there is an assumption that the other ten thousand dollars would go to overhead and and to 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 costs and to for some degree mm-hmm. of profit for a builder. So our goal has been to build these twenty thousand dollar houses for for ten thousand dollars in materials, and we've just finished the third one, which um, is essentially a dog trot house. A uh, what? It has a it's a dog trot house. It's two forms with a breezeway in between. So oh. it's a kind of a, a porch that's trapped between two buildings. Oh. And um, it, it, uh, um, it's about, uh, I would say it's about 800 square feet. And it's, uh, it's a really, it's, it's, I think it's a really beautiful thing. And it, it, uh, what we have an opportunity to do at the Rural Studio versus the profession and the, the, the builders and the contractors out there is that we can actually go and explore something like this and not lose our shirt i mean Mm -hmm. in some respects i think in academia we have a responsibility i have students who are sort of free labor at the moment with all of these different ideas and so we're going out there and testing them and trying to come up with the right twenty thousand dollar house that we can then hand off to a contractor and say look Look how how fast you can build this. Uh. You can actually make some money doing this. And we're looking in the future, I hope in the next two or three years, to have to let a builder build these things and to have them scattered around Hale County. But so it's actually pretty the, ambitious. Would they all be the same or would they all um, be? I, I mean, it's, you know, for, for $10,000 in materials, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to say that they can all be the same. I think what we would hope is that the client begins to personalize them. But certainly the framework and the way that the building touches the ground and the way that it's enclosed would be the same. But you would hope that the orientation... Uh, we could certainly move the windows around a little bit, but mm-hmm. for that small amount of money, it, you're really scratching out some architecture. But I, I, the one we've just done, I think, um, is spectacular. I think it could last 150 years. It's very, <laughs> it's very smart. It's lifted off the ground. It only touches the ground in in six places. There's a minimal use of concrete. It's really highly insulated. It has good ventilation. It's got a beautiful outdoor space, and it's it's very clever. And I mean, I, it's we've built on this idea over the last three years. And I, my hope, really and truly, genuinely, is that 
not only can we help sort of solve some of the housing problems in West Alabama, but it will also give somebody a job that a builder will begin right. to go and make a living doing this and give jobs to other people. Who's so going to be living in that house you just described to me? Um, we, we at the moment, um, we have a, a, in that particular house are a couple of brothers. And uh, that was the reason, actually, for the dog top configuration mm-hmm. that uh, we started to look at the way that people lived in West Alabama. And there was an awful lot of sort of situations or conditions of extended families. And uh, you'd often find a mother or a grandmother with a daughter or a daughter-in-law living with a younger child. So there would be sort of different generations living together. Mm-hmm. And it's not often that architecture sort of responds to that. That, that kind of family dynamic and uh, particularly in that kind of uh, social sphere there's sort of quite a lot of that happens and so this the the two brothers living together actually is sort of an ideal condition and the the hopefully our our hope and and of course we will watch how they live in it because that's the other thing is that we give this house away. Mm-hmm. These are these are experiments. So they and give then you away learn from what happens. To, and, and, and we 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 sit back and watch, mm-hmm. and we listen, and we learn, and we say, well, you know, they might not know that they're living this way, but they're, you know, it's this worked and this didn't work, and so next year we'll build on that conversation and improve on that. And it's a again, it's a it's a privilege that I think we have, and in some respects, I think we. Uh, um, we have an obligation to do things like this because I don't know that anybody else can. You hmm. know, so, um, you know. I want to ask I, you. I, hmm? No, go on. What are you going to say? Uh, I, to me, it's uh, it, it's a, you know, the 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 opportunity that the Rural Studio projects provide is sort of extraordinary. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, there's so much ambition and enthusiasm and such a can-do nature, but this particular project is a project where every penny counts. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're counting every nail and every screw that they put in this so they know exactly how much money it costs. <laughs> Literally every and penny counts. <laughs> yeah, and it's literal, right. and it's, there's, no, uh, there's no donations. We don't allow any donations. It's here's what it would cost if I went to my local store and I bought all of these pieces. So we really know that it can work. But it, I, for me, it's, it's incredibly powerful just simply because it, um, there's, it, it's trying to scratch a little bit of nobility or a little bit of architecture out of really very little. And it's, it's, a, it's a project for an architect with grey hair, not for a 22-year-old. So, <laughs> what, they're, what they're doing for 22-year-olds is really incredible, I have to say. So I'm, I'm very proud of it. Right. So. Well, you know, I want to ask you um, about you being there. Um, mm-hmm. Samuel, one thing Samuel Mockby said, said wrote... And he does seem to have been a wonderfully wise and quotable person. Was um, <laughs> architecture? Yeah, it who you ask. <laughs> architecture, more than any other art form, is a social art and must rest mm. on the social, social and cultural base of its time and place. Mm. And and he was a fifth generation Mississippian, mm. Mm. and and so the the social dynamics and cultural dynamics of of Hale County, Alabama, were. I mean, that was mm. his world in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And there you are. Uh, tr- and, you know, and he tells this story about um, an epiphany he had driving outside his home in Mississippi and stopping mm. and pulling over and finding himself by the grave of one of the three civil rights workers who was killed mm. in the summer of 64, James Cheney. That's right. That's right. And he wrote about how he's come to believe that 
that, that James Cheney defines who he was and who he was not. He said, you know, his courage was a gift to me and to all of us. As architects, we are given a gift and with it a responsibility. Mm. Um, do we have the courage to make our gift count for something? I'm just, mm. I'm elaborating on this because he clearly, he went to this place, but he was of this place and he understood his social mm. dynamics. And I'm curious about what drew you to this place and and what keeps you there and how do you relate to um you know what was that phrase to this to the so- to the um to the social and cultural base of this architecture's time yeah. and place yeah um goodness <laughs> i must be uh, uh, well i think the, so- the the locals really like my funny accent so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was um, there i i, I uh <laughs> It, it uh, I mean, I when I came to West Alabama, I didn't. There's a lot of people who want to write the world, uh, and uh, you know, uh, it, you know, there have been well documented issues in this part of the world, mm-hmm. um, and I I wouldn't pretend to. Uh, I've gone into the situation not pretending to know a great deal about them. I, I, I think that one of my best attributes is that I can actually listen and learn. And, and I mean, I, how, like you say, I mean, Sa- uh, Sambo Mockby uh, was a fifth-generation Mississippian, so it was it was deeply ingrained in in in, in culturally and and in, in his life. And I. I for me, in some respects, all of that's quite overwhelming. I mean, I, I think, I hope what I bring, um, I don't, I, I I would hope I bring no baggage to the table. I mean, I think that that's actually quite important that that people have embraced, I mean, I say, it's actually not a, it's not a ridiculous thing to say that people enjoy my accent. I mean, I think they're kind of curious as to why, someone from England would end up in West Alabama right. and, and, and be living with a bunch of students in the middle of nowhere. And, and um, it, it's, the truth of the matter is it's, uh, it, 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 at times it can be intensely lonely. There's not, uh, there, there aren't any of the cultural things that you all have when you live in a city. I mean, there's, there's no great bars and there's no great restaurants mm-hmm. and there's no great theatre, but it, uh, you make your bed and you lay in it and, and, uh, Working with the students and engaging with the locals who um, I, I've seen extraordinary acts of giving and extraordinary acts of commitment from, from people that, that really don't have very much. Mm-hmm. And um, the nice thing about the students in the same way that, that, that in some respects I have is that I don't, I don't come to the table with any baggage. I just I am who I am. Um, the students are also very young, and they want to come and do something. They oh. want to come something and and be positive. Mm-hmm. And the, you bring a sort of an energy to a place. And where where we live, I mean, I, I have to say, um, the educational system's pretty poor. It's really terribly underfunded, and and all of the people that those few people that do manage to get a good education, the young people, they leave. Mm-hmm. And so for, for in this situation, bringing young people into what is a relatively aging community has had actually a, a huge and powerful mm. impact. They mm. really love it. Mm. They really they witness that and they enjoy that and they engage with them. And uh, our students are incredibly popular. I mean, you know, there's always ridiculous rumors about students, but that's always going to happen somewhere. But at the, at the same time, they 
I think they have an incredible respect for just how positive and how hard our students do work. Mm -hmm. And I, I think from my point of view, I, I you know, I don't, I, I, like I say, I don't, I, I, I was very lucky that I didn't, come into the situation with any baggage other than a silly English accent and well, people well, have been very generous to me. Let me ask you this though did did you bring um, you know you said you were galvanized by Samuel Mockby when you first heard mm. him in Chicago mm. and that you you were trained by architects who literally rebuilt England after World War II. Mm. I mean mm. did you bring um, a sense of the link between social responsibility and architecture architecture is a social uh, art did yeah. you bring that um in a different way in a diff with a different background from I, I think well i mean i from I, I hope so um i i am intent i'm intensely positive about the public realm mm -hmm. um part of the rural studio program that has blossomed since i arrived is the is the public projects, the mm -hmm. community projects. The community I mean, they, center buildings as opposed to yes, just private homes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's they've really thrived and people, the sort of people's imagination has taken off. And um, I, what the beautiful thing for me about that is that you obviously, if you make a, a piece of public architecture, you have the opportunity to, to touch more people. I mean, last year we worked on a 40-acre public park in West Alabama. We... we we were engaged with the hospital in Greensboro, Hale County Hospital, and we worked on the, the Hale County Animal Shelter. And I would mm. argue in those three buildings, we've touched more people in those three buildings than we, we previously did perhaps with all of the projects that we've ever done. And, I, you know, the projects get bigger and there's some criticism of the project getting bigger. But I think that the, the belief... I, I, you know, I, I'm. I guess I'm probably. A, you might don't. If I whisper it, I, I <laughs> it might suggest that I'm a socialist. Uh, and and well, then, I, 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 I do believe in the public realm. I mm -hmm. believe in in good local and central government, and I believe in the role that they can play. And, and that's and, a good and, Yorkshire tradition as opposed to an uh, Alabama tradition. Uh, perhaps, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I mean, I think that they're also tremendous uh, local politicians, in, in, even in the place that I'm working, that doesn't perhaps have any great tradition of that, who are incredibly public and civic-minded and are struggling against such deep ingrained lack. I mean, the, the poverty of the funding is ridiculous to have any imagination for, for taking on public projects. I mean, mm -hmm. very often... We're actually we're taking on public projects simply because there's a little bit of money, but there's not enough money to actually hire somebody to do the job, you know, mm. and, or to do it well enough. And we were able because of you know essentially the free the labour of the students and our intensity and our, the sort of the gift of our time to make that money go much further mm. and and even be able to employ local contractors because the projects are big enough where you can actually say look you can come and do the roof for us and mm -hmm. so that money starts to be spent and spread much further and i think it's uh it, you know it's uh i I hope that everybody wins. You know, the local communities enjoy, uh, get to enjoy the fruits of the projects. The students get a terrific education. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in an academic setting where, which is 
sort of second to none. I mean, I have the students in such an incredibly focused situation. There's no there's no baggage of everyday life. They don't have to worry right, about right. the amount of time it gets to work. They don't have to worry about finding their way to they the grocery store. They kind of live straw. the projects. For they the they live the project. Mm-hmm. They come there to build a dog shelter. They come there to build a fire station. That's mm-hmm. what they do. And it may well be the, the most focused and intense period of their entire lives and it's very intense and i mean that's that's the fatiguing thing for me is that there's such an intensity to it but it's it's also quite a drug and i think that you know they they do the students do remarkable things and and get remarkable i mean they meet people you you you're allowed it allows us to bring people together who would never ever under normal circumstances come together and that's just a terrific joy honestly you know if if um if people, citizens, public radio listeners, have thought about building for um, low in, in low-income areas or mm. for low-income mm. people, they probably the the most uh, closest association they might have is with Habitat for Humanity, mm. which I think mm. is about is about building as opposed to architecture. But I mean, how and how do you how would you describe what what the difference is um, in these kind of uh, different undertakings? Mm. I have to be careful here. <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to put that down, uh, but sort of say no. what what is well, the particular I, I, value that the architectural. Again, I I think the my view would be it it would be lifting the spirit, and I mean there's an example. That's that what I, architecture I, does. Is that, is that what you mean? I I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it takes it up to that next that just that next level, and sometimes you can't quite you can't quite state exactly what that is but it's that just that little bit extra something that's not really quantifiable it's Mm. just you know it's sambo's little bit of stamango i think that makes makes them feel special i mean our uh it's it's you know people often will ask me well what do the clients really think to this and what you've done here because it doesn't really look like anything else around Mm -hmm. and um, my response is that typically the client will say, you know, this this just makes me feel so good because I know that nobody anywhere else in the world has got something like this, and that makes me feel very special. Because every I mean, house is so individual, so so designed, yeah, and so much yes. has so I much mean, it's, participation. It's, it's it's absolutely, and it's mm-hmm. very very distinct. I mean, mm-hmm. the, there's. Uh, you know that we we did a project in Thomaston called the Rural Heritage Centre, and and the lady that has a delightful lady called Gail Etheridge down there who runs the place, and she you know she'll she'll tell you how uh, how her how her gift shop looks. She feels that it's it's it looks like a New York gallery. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes uh, you know it makes just it, it it brings you goosebumps when she says things like that. So, mm. um, you know, something that strikes me. Um, when I look at um, pictures of, and I, and some of us are hoping to come down there, so you mm. know, to, you know, looking. Oh, you should. It's yeah, much better. Really it's much them. better than on. Sort the, of just the, looking the, at visually <clears throat> at the place, the natural <clears throat> world, the landscape <clears throat> of that part of <clears throat> Alabama. It's absolutely beautiful. The natural absolutely. world is beautiful, yeah. lush. Yeah. Yes. And then you read. You know, and I've read a lot of what a lot of journalists have written about the rural studio and also just that mm. part of the country. And they'll describe the buildings that human beings have built and lived in with words like um, abandoned, tumble down, sagging, mm. rusted. Mm. Mm. It is so striking. Mm. You know, if you think mm. of human beings as creatures among creatures and we're supposed to be the 
the intelligent ones with consciousness, mm. but that somehow mm. what you know what the human beings have crafted or have accepted um, is so much less beautiful than than the natural yeah. landscape. And, and then what strikes me also is that the buildings the rural studio has built are also really compatible. You know, they, they kind of aspire to that same kind of beauty. Um, well, that, that's nice of you to say so. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, again, it's, it's, it's an optimistic world and it's an ambitious world. I mean, I... I, I um, goodness. I, the... the it, I, I mean, I, I think one of, one of the things that always... Um, distresses me a little bit is that that the descriptions of the black belt and west alabama are always they're always biased towards the social strife and the social and political strife Mm -hmm. and 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 some of the poverty and and um it is uh, of course there there is a his there there is an extraordinary sort of burden of history but uh, from my point of view i've i found a place where there's sort of a, uh, extraordinary optimism. I mean, they're, they're um, and an incredible dignity. I mean, uh, you may well, when you've been looking at the Royal Studio stuff, have come across um, a lady called Alberta Bryant, who was actually one of the right. first mm-hmm. clients, well, the first client for the first project. And uh, she um, has, is struck down by um, diabetes and has lost both of her legs. But I cannot. I think it's impossible to imagine a more positive uh, a, a, a lady who is just. I mean, she should be very angry with her lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, and disappointed with her life. But you could never. I never wish to meet somebody with a greater sense of humor, a greater dignity than this woman. I mean, even in her sort of handicapped the sort of handicapped situation that she's in now she there's no bitterness there's no anger at all it's really it's 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 wonderful to find people like that who are just simply not spending their days complaining tell Uh, me about uh, the uh, house that rural studio built for her oh that well it was it was the first one Mm -hmm. and um it was made of uh straw bales and it was covered in stucco and uh I guess initially sort of Sambo rolled into West Alabama and started talking to people about helping them. And um, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the, the story, as I know, is that, uh, you know, that the, these folks really did not trust that, that a white guy would show up in Mason's Bend and want to build them a home. You know, mm-hmm. why? Why? I don't believe this. Uh, why would that happen? Oh, but, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, six months later, they'd done it. And, uh, you know, in some respects, the rest of it is history. I mean, he, it, it, it's a project that very much has Samuel Mockby's hands all over it. It's very, very clever. It's a kind of classic. I, I would say it's sort of got the classic southern porch, the great um, family room on mm-hmm. the exterior. It's very, very simple inside, um, very simple, two very simple bedrooms and a bathroom. And then these sort of three wonderful little sort of wagon wheels that stick out of the back that are very, very small circular rooms that the nephews and nieces could come <laughs> and sort of lay down in. And it's very it's very smart. You know, mm. they sort of, they can be used for storage, they can be used in different ways, but fundamentally they were about the extended family. And mm. 
even today, I don't know which generation it is that's running in and out of the house, but if you go down there, you'll find the kids in those little sort of nooks in the back of the house enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what, very where, beautiful. Where yeah. was she living before? Um, they they were living in a, I mean, you know, back to the kind of characterized West Alabama landscape. They were living in a broken down shack, literally right next to the building. It didn't have any running water, didn't have any electricity. And uh, it's, you know, it's mm. it's it's extraordinary that in sort of 20, 21st century United States of America that you can find those sorts of conditions, you know, really ridiculous. You know, I want to ask you... Um about some of the words that Samuel Mockby used to mm. talk about architecture in the rural studio. And I'd, and I'd like to know... you know, He only ever to... used four-letter words in my presence. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't have any of those in writing. <laughs> well, well, one of them was subversive. Yeah. Um, in oh, fact, yeah. I think I've seen you in print flying, using flying, that word. Flying, under the, uh, flying yeah. under the radar. Yeah, well, uh, uh, tell me uh, what is subversive well, yeah. about your vision of architecture. Oh, I, I don't... Um, well, it's always nice to characterize yourself as a radical, but I don't know that I've ever really truly seen us as being radical. I think all that we're trying to do is is the right thing. I mean, there's many things that we can do in West Alabama, and uh, I, it... We, like, we, 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 we try to enjoy life. I mean, I think that... Uh, but the, the act and art of building is such a positive and optimistic thing. I mean, just seeing something come out of the ground is mm. incredible. Mm. Um, but I, I um, oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, when you when you would see Sambo barreling around West Alabama in a big red truck and making jokes, uh, you know, a, a, an incredible spirit and somewhat of a radical because he decided he was going to reject the conventional way of teaching architecture and engaging Mm -hmm. students of architecture and even practicing architecture and and let's go and let's go and find a place in the middle of nowhere and try and build something very beautiful and if there's anything well i mean if that's incredibly radical well so be it it's radical but Mm -hmm. i don't know that I think about when I wake up every day, I'm going to run off and be radical. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, okay. it's, it's, uh, it, uh, I, I, I guess I've chosen a lifestyle that, that, people with my kind of silly education wouldn't necessarily choose. I mm. mean, I've just, I've, I've chosen a place where I can, uh, you know, uh, I mean, help to give students a really, fantastic education for life and and at the same time help some folks and and that's rewarding it's very it's selfish in lots of ways mm. i mean it's you know it, because it, it's so uh, rewarding yeah i think right. so I mean, t- you t- know, why not what about um, um this this insistence that he spoke about for honesty in architecture mm, what, what mm. did he mean by that word and i mean what does it mean to you well i th- i you know they're, they're um if you talk about it from an architectural point of view, I think that um, um, you know uh, there's a number of ways to describe that. I mean, uh, um, if you if you talk, for example, about structural honesty, it means that you can actually understand the way that a building stands up. So mm-hmm. you you see how the forces, how the how the weight of the roof is taken down to the ground, for example, mm-hmm. and um, very often. Um, 
buildings are sort of made in such a gymnastic way that you can't understand any of that. And I, and I, I think that, I'm not wishing to speak for Sambo, but I think that uh, things are often overly complicated and also camouflaged, so you really can't tell what's going on. And I think that my sense of a sort of an architectural honesty would be, well, if this thing is made of straw bales or of cardboard, I can actually understand it to be made of cardboard. Mm -hmm. But also an honest, uh, an architecture, I, I mean, uh, to also use another word, an architecture without pretension, that it's not pretending to be something that it isn't. Right. Um, you know, that there one of the really beautiful things about a place like West Alabama is that... Um, there are many, many antebellum homes still remaining in West Alabama. Right. And, you know, you were talking about the sort of the de decay and the detritus of West Alabama, but it also has an amazing sort of the, many of the homes that were built. The big white you know, houses. The, the, the big white houses, mm -hmm. absolutely, mm -hmm. are tr tremendously well built, very, very cleverly built. And they've survived not just because they're big white houses and that they're cared for, but because they were very they were very smart. They have big roofs, they are, they're very well ventilated. They have big porches, they have big window openings. They're very they're easy to ventilate. Mm -hmm. Just street smarts, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're held off the ground. And our students go and look at them every day. And it's not to sort of copy the big white arch white architecture, but it's to it's to sort of think about. The, the the street smarts of it. I mean, today, our you know contemporary society is housing people in tin cans in in trailer homes, where there are very few openings. Everybody has the air conditioner. You you have two seasons. You have the air conditioning season and you have the heating season, and <laughs> right. it's it's dreadful and mm -hmm. it's very unsocial, and and the, and and there's no community to it, and it uh, and it's very sad that we have. Mm. Um, you know, we've forgotten how to live, I think. And it, it uh, I, I, you know, I, if anything, I hope that our 20K house can battle against that and, and give people something that feels like... I mean, it's very odd to me that, that the trailers are so successful because they are these sort of t sealed tin cans that people live in and they don't... Maybe they feel secure in them, but they're not very well built they have you know they 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 have sort of a built-in obsolescence mm -hmm. so after i've paid all of this money um on my credit terms over so many years after 20 years the thing has fallen to bits because it's so badly built and mm -hmm. i and i you know I'm, I'm probably getting off the subject here, but I think that that that's makes me very angry. That, well, that's, that you're saying, that's we, we have forgotten how to we have forgotten how to live. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and it's going to come back and bite us because, you know, we we can't afford to run all of these air conditioning units, so we've got right. to figure out natural ways to do it and right. rediscover just what the Romans and the Greeks did. You know, my goodness sake, mm -hmm. it's not it, you don't have to look back very far, even even into West Alabama to see that. They survived without air conditioning pretty damned well. Right. So, yeah. Something that you've written about that I find quite interesting is how, mm. um, you know, you said that you know Samuel Mockby died before um, he could really um, reap all the lessons of some of the buildings you'd built. That you know, the, mm. one of oh, the yeah. something that you experience now that you see. Yeah, I probably homes. didn't say it quite that way. Well, you see homes <laughs> and buildings that people have lived in, and you see also mm. what can be done better, and you know mm. what didn't work because there was mm. so much that was experimental. I mean, mm. Mm. I mean, in those early years, I don't know if you're still doing this. It was something that was it was often commented on as the 
wild materials with which mm. you, you know uh, carpet samples, um, yeah. tires, mm. bales of hay, as you said, and um, mm. cardboard bales. Cardboard. No, I mean, I, I've, yeah. I was I was involved in a number of those mm-hmm. projects, and I, and uh, um, they they're they're sort of they're very beautiful, and don't get me wrong, but in some respects they're sort of there's, there may well be sort of recycling one-liners. One of the things that I'm very proud of is that the Royal Studio has turned into sort of recycling buildings. We've taken buildings that probably other people would tear down and said, well, no, this building has some value. What can we put our time and energy into this building um, to, to, to remake it, reuse it, and make it hmm. useful to contemporary life? That also doesn't mean that that building disappears so that the, the sort of the collective memory. I mean, when people go home or people go and visit a place, neighborhoods in places like Chicago at the moment change so quickly where the, the sort of the, the, um, the yuppieization of neighborhoods where they, they sort of come in like a plague of locusts and completely change the nature right. and scale of right. neighborhoods. And it's not that it's a bad thing. It's just that it's so fast. And and you know you can walk down the street the next minute and it's changed instantly. And I I don't you know I we can talk for hours as to whether or not that's a good thing and whether it's progress, but I I don't know how that allows you to consider that place as home if mm. it's changing if your environs are changing so rapidly. And here we can't just throw things away. In, in, the, the easiest thing is not to just throw, throw things away. So we've really concentrated on remaking and reusing we built we rebuilt a church we actually literally demolished a church and used between 70 and 80 percent of the materials so you took it down but you then reused the materials for a completely different structure exactly Uh and the 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 congregation knew and understand that and i and there's there's a they 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 really delighted in that fact, mm, you know. And mm. I, I, it's, you actually may I, retain not, the not, history while also doing something completely uh, new. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. And 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 I think typically anybody else would have just put, pushed it into a pile and burnt it. And mm-hmm. we took the time to recycle it and plane off some of the white paint that was on the church and reuse it. And they love that. They know that. They feel that. And that I think spiritually is incredibly important. Mm. And I I you know. We we recycle. I mean, we recycle as much as we can. Um, the issue that comes up when you do recycle and you take chances on some of these materials and you do experiments is that they may fail and or they may re they may have to be refinished. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, in a place where there's no money for maintenance. We have to look to use I, where our sort of focus, particularly with some of the public buildings, has been to say, well, look, I can't guarantee that we can come back and rebuild this or right. that, the, that the people can afford the paint to repaint this. So we've tried not to do that. We try to literally use materials that have a, a natural lifespan of their own that's as long as we can possibly find, but they don't rely on any level of maintenance. And that that's, just, that's, that's fascinating. It's incredibly I mean, important. Yeah. And, and you, it, yeah, you've it, probably has, no, it probably has meant that we've lost some of the colorful things, hmm. you know, because if you, you know, most of the color is provided by, you know, bright <laughs> yellow paint or something. And I, I unfortunately, I, and maybe we'll rediscover ways to do that, mm-hmm. but it. It um, it's it's really been born of necessity. It's and I I think that I would be 
I mean, at the beginning of every year, the Royal Studio doesn't have very many books. In fact, it's, it struggles to keep a library. And um, what we do at the beginning of every year is we take a tour of all the projects and we take a critical tour of the projects. And in fact, at the beginning of every year, we even go and work on some of the projects to fix them up and to clean them and that kind of thing. And um, it, it's an encyclopedia. And if, if I, I, I would be a very bad teacher and a bad architect and a bad human being, I think, if I didn't take the students out and start to say, look, here was the intention here. Here's what we tried. What do you think? Do you think it mm. failed? Do you mm. think it worked? Look at this example over here. I think this has failed, and I think over here this has worked. And right. I let them decide. And I the, don't tell them. I, I simply make some observations and let them decide for themselves. And the buildings you know? themselves are the encyclopedia, you're saying? Absolutely, uh -huh. yeah. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a terrific, I mean, I don't, you know, we're building, you know, six, seven, eight projects every year. So there's a sort of an extraordinary catalogue of different ways of doing things. So. I just, you know, I think when you, you've spoken about, um, and this is in being responsive to, to the communities in which you're building these buildings, the families mm. and the communities, mm. that, that these mm. are, as you say, these are not people who are going to have money for big um, maintenance and refurbishing no. projects every no. few years and and no. you also say that if they have time to be working they shouldn't be volunteering on houses they should be out uh, earning absolutely. money right so absolutely and yet you you use a phrase you've used so that you're aiming for zero maintenance structures mm. and but mm. i mean i mean what an amazing concept i mean talk about mm. sustainability which is now a catchword mm. for everyone mm. uh, well, <laughs> yeah I, I yeah it, 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 it it's unfortunate that it's it's i mean it's so commercially used i think it's become incredibly devalued and mm -hmm. we we use the term sustainability with a small s we will you know i, I there's, there's there's always a lot of questions people come and see the work and say well you know why aren't you using composting toilets or why aren't you using uh, solar panels and and the answer to the the truth of the matter is is not just that the sort of the the huge upfront costs of things like that but the fact of the matter is that I am better off making sure that if I put in a septic system that the local people can fix it if it fails mm -hmm. and for me that's sustainability with a small s it's mm -hmm. not trying to reinvent the wheel it's simply recognizing the capable capabilities of local people when they're dealing with essential services and it, it's perhaps that's not particularly ambition but you, ambitious but you have to choose your moments with those things i think i mean mm -hmm. if if you find the appropriate person who you believe can maintain it well yes we will do it but then the problem is that then that relies on that person and then what happens if that person leaves right. and you're in a mess you know so um I, we talk i mean it, it's it's an odd thing you know all of the discussion about how the 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 forms and things of the rural studio are strange and look very different and to 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 contemporary life but the at the Royal Studio, we very rarely actually have a conversation about the sort of the stylistic nature of the architecture. It's more often it's about well, how do I decide which material to use here? And mm. and 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 I hope that often the forms are actually driven by the materials. The pa the fact, for example, that you know corrugated tin. If you put a sheet of corrugated tin upon the wall, it's easier to cut it one way than it is to cut it the other way. Mm -hmm. You know, you and, and so somehow the form and the shape and the 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 kind of the grain of the material can actually begin to generate 
the form of the building. You respond to the type of material that you're using. And it very rarely do we say, well, you know, I want to do a tower because it looks cool. I mean, it, it, it's not... Uh, it might end up looking cool, I mean, but that's not what comes first. Well, exactly. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, it isn't at all. And, it, and I, again, it's... Uh, we were... We, I think that another thing is that we've really tried to do relative to sustainability out here is to understand the long-term sustainability of the programming. Because if you give somebody a public building, if there's no money for the long-term programming of that, the building will fail if it's empty. And and, and that's, uh, I mean, I've been, you know, extraordinarily proud over the last few years of how really 50% of the work that our students do is working on on the programming of the building, the long-term survival of the building, which is not just about the architecture. It's mm. about mm. who's going to work here, how are we going to fund this, Do you, you know, getting into the grant writing, getting into the talking to different organizations who will be getting involved to make sure that they have enough legs to, keep, to, to help us to help the building survive and, 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 and what happens in its survi- inside and it, its Is there survive, a synergistic yeah. relationship? I mean, do you think that the that having an architecture of decency, that's one of the mm. terms that's yeah. used of this, having an architecture of decency, yeah, that's housing funny, that a project <laughs> or program, does that also, is that also something uh, that strengthens I mean, and supports the program? It's responsible. I mean, it, it's responsibility at, at, the, at the root of it. I mean, I, I you know, we could certainly go off and and uh, say you you know I, I mean in Hale County we've just uh, we're just building an animal shelter and mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that the students spent their entire first term educating the client as to what they needed to do to to offer the citizens of Hale County an animal shelter in terms of liability in terms of insurance in terms of collecting money to make sure that this thing worked and and that's just part of the responsibility that I think the architects need to accept. Mm. I mean, we, we to, to me, um, I mean, m- m- what, before Sambo died, m- we, we used to talk about the education of a citizen architect. And I think it, it's, it's, it's students and architects understanding the broader responsibility, the bigger, broader societal responsibilities that they can have and take on. I mean, we we shape the environment. There are very, you know, when planning and planners were so sort of badly mauled in the 60s and 70s, they've lost their sort of ability to dream about the way that we live. And if so if we don't have those folks doing that, that means probably that the architects are the only ones who can hmm. be the societal dreamers. And hmm. we, you know, we're very, I mean, for West Alabama, we're incredibly optimistic. We, uh, we, you know, we want people to dream about having a better world. And and that's, you know, what better to have than a bunch of 22-year-olds who are just, (laughs) you know, have got so much energy and and will, you know, walk through walls to try and make it happen. And Mm. it becomes infectious. People love to be part of it. I mean, they just... You know, I I hope to get you get to meet some yes. of the clientele because they, you know, the, the the people have just been blown away by the energy and commitment and enthusiasm that students bring to these projects. I mean, this last you know in the last few years, the students taking on these community projects have actually virtually accepted that their project will take two years 
even though technically they're only out here for a year's education. So mm. they, they graduate on May the 5th and then they spend an extra year building and finishing off their mm. projects just because they want to. And that's like, wow, you know, what a young person that is to, right. to walk off into the world having shown that they can make that kind of commitment to the world and to society. And that's just, for me, it gives me goosebumps that they'll do that. You know, it's more yeah. than just... Give me a, give me my diploma, give me my degree, find me a job. That's like, goodness, this has some worth. You know, this has some value. You know, the word um, charity um, is a word that Samuel Mockby used, and I think the word itself has has become problematic. Um, yeah, yeah. But it does. The reasons it's become problematic also have to do with kind of a fine line between between helping other people and being paternalistic, or, yeah. you know, between making yeah. lives better. <laughs> right. How do you, you know, is that a line you walk? How do you think about this? Is charity well, a word I, you use? Or are there words you prefer that, that yeah, kind of evoke tr- the best of that? I was trying to think about the term charity on the way up, and, and you know, I, I, it, I, I struggle with it a great deal. I mean, in, uh, you know, I was saying about being educated by people in England who rebuilt, you know, rebuilt the country, and mm-hmm. that that wasn't based on charity. That was the social state, and the state and the government saying we need to do this for the collective good. And um, uh, that that I, goodness, I I don't. I mean, I, I don't. For my students, particularly, I don't. Uh, they, I don't want. We don't really talk about it being charity. I'll be absolutely frank for you, up to you that the what we see as being the exchange that's taking place here is that our client is a good and willing, and interested and observant and rigorous and questioning client, and that's the privilege that we have in that situation. Mm-hmm. That yes, we will we will work with you. We want to listen to you. We want you to be very critical about what we do don't just say give us anything and and that's a that's it's not a bad exchange actually i mean we we work with people who don't know what an architect does so we have to educate them as to what an architect can bring to a situation we educate them to understand drawings to engage in a conversation about spaces to engage in you know the question of what do you want when people have never been asked what they want i mean mm-hmm. it, it's uh, it's a remarkable thing for you know and and particularly at architectural school where you learn such nonsense you learn archispeak and and here these our students have to go out into communities and make presentations and we rehearse those presentations because there's no point in using architectural mumbo jumbo it it, it it you have to be very clear and you have to kind of critically lay out what the strategies are for the decisions and, and allow them to be engaged with it on their terms otherwise you've failed right. same and with the drawings the words and the drawings you know you have they have to they have to you know we make lots of models we make lots of perspectives so people can begin or at least try to begin to imagine themselves in that place, and because mm-hmm. they've never been asked to do that before, they've never been asked to imagine before. And I think that that's, you know that's an amazing situation to right. be in as a student. I and think. just the fact that you do that you do. I've never call, answered your question. Well, no, course. you are answering it. I think. <laughs> and yeah, but you're saying you know, um, 
you know, I think just the fact that you, okay, the whole premise of this is you're building homes for people who could never afford mm. them and who could never yeah. really afford something, never, mm. um, as you say, never imagined living in a beautiful, functional mm. space. Mm. Um, but you call them clients and you treat them as clients. And, mm. you know, I've watched this, uh, there's a video about Rural Studio and, mm. and w- in, mm. where you really get a chance to see, let's say, mm. one family, a mother mm. with five children. Um, go through that process, and you know it's it's stunning to watch. Well, that it's all meeting. it's all about you know, and, you know it's she's all about there respect with her children, and they and it absolutely is an exchange, and she's asking mm. lots of questions, and uh, yeah, there is incredible respect that is palpable. Mm. I, I absolutely. I mean, it's not uh, it's not simply a case of us offloading a gift to people. It, it, uh, it's. Uh, People would misunderstand it if they saw it that way. It, it's an exchange between people who've never met each other before, and uh, our. You know, I, it is with with people who have never worked with architects. It's extraordinarily difficult to to engage at, at many levels because uh, you know in our everyday lives everybody has different aspirations, and so how do you begin to understand? The aspirations of folks who have not been asked what they want, and that, mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a profound and quite. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's quite upsetting for students that 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 that, uh, that they perceive that the client doesn't care, and it's not that the client doesn't care; it's simply that the client just has other priorities. You know, it's like, yeah, I need to put food on the table. I need to be warm and dry. I don't care about that. You know, I mean, it's uh. not it's not the first thing that comes to mind when that. You know. Um, mm. Um, you know, it's it's it seems to me that we when we talk about sustainability, mm. Mm, we tend to talk about um, <coughs> materials. Uh, you know, and I think people have focused have zeroed in on mm. in the Rose Studios use of recycled materials, and um, mm. but you're really also engaged in sustaining human human beings and human yeah. resources and I'm and I don't think it's just the clients it's also mm. the students in a way isn't mm. it I mean it's mm. you there's mm. how do you I mean how do you think about um how do you think about the success I mean how do you think about success or what success means to you in terms of of the human beings you're working with on every side of that equation uh I, I mean I I I, I hope Success for me would be sort of positive, ultimately positive, critical reflection on their experience. I mean, they go into these sort of whirlwind experiences that are so intense. I mean, a a friend of mine used to say, you know, being in in a rural studio thesis is somewhat similar to being at the Russian front. I mean, it's just incredibly, you know, it's it's a tough, tough place, and it. You ask a lot of questions are asked of people. I mean, they the students work in teams, and so you can. I mean, I I have often um, said to people that I don't, I cannot imagine achieving what my students achieve because they they I I really consider that they do remarkably mature things for people that are twenty two and twenty three years old. And when I was that age. I could never decide what I liked or what I didn't like. I mean, particularly from a design point of view, I might know what I didn't like, but um, deciding what I liked was actually very difficult. And even starting to kind of communicate and draw it was more difficult. But mm. 
not only do the students at the Royal Studio have to decide that, but they then have to communicate it and fight it out with each other and then convey it to a client. And uh, that, I find that just mind-blowing, that the, the sort of the speed and the intensity of that, because I don't think I was capable of that until, you know, middle of my 30s, even to begin to be able to do that. And, and so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm very proud that they're able to... You know, they—they they, in some respects they—they come—they come into the studio and they need a lot of hand holding. And then at various points in the education, they begin to fly the nest and they take control. Mm. And it's a—it's a—it's a lovely thing. It's not for the faint-hearted, believe me. But it—it—they—they mm. it, uh, um, suddenly begin to understand who and ask who to who to go to to ask the right questions of where to find the information and they build a confidence and it's a it's a confidence of learning by doing and um you know i i, I don't you know for me that's when when they begin to fly the nest and they make be- wonderful kind of very considered rigorous decisions i mean you know you look at something and they've been through a thousand hours of talking about this and figuring it out and then they do it and they decide and they make the right and and they make sustainable choices that are all yes they're beautiful and hopefully they're they lift the spirit and they have a little bit of stamango but also more importantly that they'll last a heck of a long time and mm. I, I, you know for me that's success when they start to make those sorts of decisions but i mean as you know as human beings i hope they go off in the world you know, believing that, like I did, or or do that, you know, that you can have an impact on the world and and make the world a little bit of a better place. I mm-hmm. mean, um, Sambo certainly. I mean, he he was very clear that getting yourself an education was not about just about the the individual, but it was also about it was you know to have an impact on society. And and you know, I I truly believe in that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just a couple more questions for you, and I want to give you a little break. I want to be quiet for a minute while I listen in my headphones. I want to ask my colleagues behind the glass Mm. if they, you know, if there's something I haven't asked you, something they're curious about, or am I allowed to go and get a drink of water? Yes, please do. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's great. Go do that. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you back, Andrew? No. Okay. Hello, thank you Hi. for that. That's great. Oh, we'll just we'll have a f- couple more minutes. Um, I'm kind of to go to a lofty height here. <laughs> Here's another great um, Samuel Mockby quote. <laughs> there is something divine in the work of architecture, and we must maintain faith in the wonder of architecture to bring us into accord with the natural world, the supernatural world, with our fellow human beings, and the great unknown <laughs> Um, <laughs> I won't okay. ask you to. I won't ask you to put that intro in words. What, what, do you, what do you? When you hear the phrase "the wonder of architecture," mm. what does that evoke for you? Um, goodness, the wonder of architecture. Um, it, you know, it's. Um, You know, I, 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 it's interesting living in the world that I live in, and um, you know, obviously being an architect, you look at uh, architectural magazines, and and uh, as an architect, you go and visit all the high and mighty buildings and and mm. the famous buildings and um, the extraordinary achievements. Um, the wonder of architecture. I mean, I I, I think uh, the wonder of architecture. I go and I don't know. Um, well, what? Just talk to me about your passion for architecture. I mean, is there something? Would you? Say, he says, "Is there something divine in mm. the work of architecture?" That's that's. Maybe those words don't work for you, but what is it that really excites you? That. I th- I think that they can represent the I mean uh, there's there's two um there's two moments that that are that sort of spring to mind in terms of what you know, what a man can aspire to and you know man can be incredibly self-destructive but man can be also incredibly clever and and uh I remember taking one of my old professors to Chicago and taking him up the top of the Hancock Tower and he was a little Japanese guy and he sat up at the top of the Hancock Tower and looked over that spectacular view of the city of Chicago mm. and he just sat there and he cried and hmm. he, he said that he couldn't 
you know, he just said, this is just amazing what man can achieve. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I, um, I think under the right circumstances, architecture can can you know embody everything that is good about humanity. Um, it can also do exactly the opposite, of course. But I think that um, um, carefully considered choices that are smart choices that that can bring. I mean, you know, architecture can also be incredibly mundane, and and architecture right, has, right, of course, to, right. to fun- function and do the job. But I think in even the most what I enjoy about what I do is that even in the most banal of circumstances, we will try our damnedest not only to make sure that it lasts a long time, but but that people sort of get a kick out of using it and mm. enjoy it, and that it that it makes their life a little bit better. And so perhaps that's for me was what the wonder of architecture can potentially be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Um, I mean, I I think in in the contemporary world. Um, we do a lot of things because we can, and 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 in in West Alabama, I enjoy the conversations about what is the right thing to do and what what we should do rather than what we can do. Because mm. I think we can, mm. you can do almost anything, and um, you know a lot of the architects today, I, I I look at the way that it's made and it feels like it's sort of, it's pushing the boundaries of what we can do. But I, I don't know that it's necessarily what we should do. <laughs> okay. and, you know that. Uh, yeah, I'm mm, not, not okay. going to give examples, but I, 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 re- I again, you know, the, what we should do is uh, uh, an incredibly difficult and provocative thing to answer. I think in most circumstances, and I think particularly architecturally, because it, you know. Um, we, with the technology of today and with the computers that we have and and what that has brought to the world it it uh um it they they are quite i think the possibilities are, are are quite incredible but i think it also um in the hands of the wrong people i i think that they can also be incredibly uh uh what am i trying to say here um I think those tools can be misused, mm-hmm. and, and 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 again, it's it can be about excess, mm-hmm. and, and and that issue because we can is is uh, I, um, I always I you know I, I I struggle with this issue that we can. I mean, I think it's obviously we can is an incredibly positive attitude towards life. Yes, we can do this, but. Um, I'd always like to temper it with the question, well, well, you know, is it the right thing to do and should we do this? Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, I'm starting to waffle now. No, 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 that's good. It's good. Um, you, I know that the rural studio really, really is, has been from its inception and continues to um, develop and evolve a, a particular ethic of architecture, doesn't it? Mm vision but not just a vision of what it, architecture is and can do and should do but but yeah. but, a, but really an ethic um yes well i i hope that uh again i, I get back to the, the sort of the question of our students and architects understanding their broader responsibility um i, I mean i i think that uh where did the students go i mean what 
Mm. Do you follow what happens to them? Do they move back out into that more traditional world of architecture? It, it's or? an it's an odd thing. I mean, it. it um, I have to kind of te- you, you know. I can give you examples where there are there's there's a handful of students who've begun to go off and sort of make their way and be provocative about the way they practice and who they practice for and how they practice. But I think typically, I mean, the, the studio is only 15 years old. So right. if the kids were 20, 22 when they left here, that means they're in their mid-30s now. Yeah. At, and you have, to, you have to also go and understand the playing field in which you're playing. And the playing field of West Alabama is slightly different to that one the the the, one, the 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 work environment that typically most of them will go into they want to go and experience it to understand it and most of them will call me up and say well you know why didn't you tell me you know why uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, um, it's, that it's such uh, a well i i don't you know a lot of them they don't like to be sat behind a computer screen mm-hmm. i have to be honest with you mm-hmm. and that that's that's a disappointment for them but i hope that we empower a lot of them to be critical about the way that they run their lives and about those sorts of the decisions about how I want to live my life as an architect. Mm -hmm. If I want to live my life as an architect sat behind a computer, well, that's fine. But if I don't, I hope that our, our students are sort of critically motivated enough to be able to make a decision not to and say, well, Perhaps there's other ways to live and there's other ways to 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 do what we do mm. and, and uh, um, I, I I think that that uh, again it it's very difficult to say I I I I do hope and and I do believe actually that probably in the next ten years a number of these folks are going to kind of going to rise up and start to. Um, do some different things that are a sort of a provocative response to their education because I think that when they go out into the typical working environment they it it's a very it's it's polemically different but it also offers an opportunity to reflect on the way that they were that their education they got at the rural studio and right. I hope I hope they do take um you know, I, I hope they do understand the potentials of the responsibilities that they have, and I hope they do take with them the sort of the ethic of the rural studio. Um, I, I think a lot of contemporary students and contemporary society doesn't is. I mean, I'm always quite shocked by how unaffected my students are by some of the social conditions that they find. But I don't know that that they're necessarily to blame themselves. It's just. Um, I don't know. They, it, it's, it's somehow, it's not of their world, and it doesn't matter how much you put it in front of them. It, it, uh, I, I, I do find that strange sometimes. Hmm. But I, for some of them, it's a profound uh, situation that they find themselves in, and they really get very angry about it. Um, so it, 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 it's very, you know, the effect, the impact can be very different across a broad range of students. You know. I wonder how, in these years, how long have you been at the rural studio altogether? I think seven or eight seven years. Or eight years. Like. Mm. How has your, um, how have you changed, <laughs> either as a designer, as an architect, or as a human being? Uh, I probably become more and more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> what are, are, uh, I, um. 
I I I suspect I've aged beyond my years. It, mm-hmm. it uh, you know um, when Sambo died, um, suddenly I became I, I became the father figure, yes. and um, I, I was I was at that point the sort of the the young book who was you know the European young book who showed up and was wild and interesting, and you know I've got plenty of grey hair now, and. Uh, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting and uh, you know it's not f- it's it's an acquired taste is running this organisation because mm-hmm. it's very emotional. I mean, the 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 weather can change the emotions of the rural studio dramatically if mm-hmm. we have a bad wet winter mm-hmm. and people are wandering around with their feet caked in Hale County clay mm-hmm. that the, they get miserable pretty quickly because they can't build. And then in the midst of summer, they're similarly miserable because it's 100 degrees and 100% humidity, and they're wondering, what the hell am I doing here, you know? And uh, so I have to be the kind of the emotional sponge for all of that one. So so I think, at, generally speaking, at the point of a nervous breakdown would be a nice way to summarize where I find myself. <laughs> Wait, aren't you getting ready to take a sabbatical also? <laughs> <laughs> in response yeah, to that, I, I, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go and find a beach somewhere. Is that what you're going to do? I mean, uh, uh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. So okay, I, okay. I so. <laughs> but you are going to get a break now. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I it's it's an addictive and an extraordinarily. I mean, it 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 really is a drug, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the 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 attitude. I mean, uh, you know, in a con- in in a conventional design studio, where a, a professor sits across from a student and they talk about what they might draw, um, the the sort of the professor has to sort of provoke with different or, or ask questions. At the rural studio, um, something is at stake. You know, the 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 you don't want the rain to fall on the client. They have a budget to deal with. They have all of the kind of moral dilemmas of of dealing with codes and dealing with, you know, just just what do I give this client that will be the right thing? And um, I I think the fact that something is at stake here is really extraordinary. And and you get all of these sort of wonderful donations from people Mm -hmm. who are very generous. And when a donation shows up, suddenly the student has to redesign their project. And I, as a professor, I'm not begging them to do that. They just do it. Mm-hmm. They they do it without even thinking. So the the sort of the iterative process that most often is instigated by the teacher at the rural studio it happens simply through events, through meetings, through events such as the material showing up and somebody giving you a bunch of steel or a bunch of wood and you start to say, well, you know, how could I use this so I don't waste it, so I don't throw it away? And, or, or, you know, what what could it bring to my project that, that's powerful and, and isn't going to cost me anything? And um, this issue of something being at stake, I think, is also, I, I you know, incredibly powerful. Um, I, I, you know, I'm... I'm very lucky to do what I do. I mm-hmm. mean, the, this, the, the but it's hard. I mean, yeah. I hear that. I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very emotional. I mean, the, the it's the fact that it's it's not it's not a top down education. It's a bottom up education. We, I, I never say no. All I do is I ask them. I keep asking them questions and hope that they will come to the right conclusions themselves. And so, it's a hand holding process uh, and. 
they get very frustrated with it. They get very frustrated with themselves, and 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 they ask a lot of questions to themselves, both emotionally, intellectually, and physically, because mm-hmm. they're they're designing and they're building, and they've never done it before. Right. They're out on the edge, and they they're. They're also, you know, they're focused and they're they're working in a team that's, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's it's a marriage and they, you know, they have to figure it out and negotiate it and mm-hmm. they've never really had to do any of that before. So I'm I'm the the marriage counselor in there, sort of <laughs> negotiating all of the time, saying it'll be okay and giving them confidence, which is really. You know, you give folks the opportunity, and it's remarkable what they will do. I mean, it's just—it's all about opportunity, and mm. and you know, I always remember that, that Sambo's talking about, and, and when, whenever anybody came in with an idea, um, Sambo would grab it and run with it at a hundred miles an hour. It was, you know, now's the moment. Let's get on to the next great opportunity, and it was incredibly optimistic and positive and entrepreneurial and. I hope that the students sort of take that away with them because to do to make the most of every situation I think is is incredibly important. Right. Yeah. I just want to ask you two more quick questions. I've kept you a long okay. time. Um you before Samuel Mockby died, he was beginning to receive some great awards and honors mm. and you have also received great awards and honors. Um mm. do you feel that this ethic, this aesthetic and ethic and vision of about architecture of the rural studio is affecting the field? Well, I hope so. I mean, uh, the um, I think it was, you know, Samuel Mockby getting the AIA gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, sent a very strong message not only to the profession but also to the public that uh, this work... And, and working with these people, i.e., giving poor folks architecture and not just rich folks architecture, was actually kind of a profoundly important thing and, a, and, a, and an important p- part of our society. I mean, I, um, it, 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 uh, you know, recently uh, we were asked to uh, this actually a couple of eighteen months ago we were asked to go and. Uh, represent the United States at, at, at a Biennale in Brazil, at the Sao Paulo Biennale. <laughs> and um, the feedback from, from the exhibit, and this, there's, there was hundreds of exhibits from all over the world. Each Architects? Had, and, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, it was an architectural exhibition. And, mm-hmm. and we were chosen by the State Department and the AIA to go and represent uh, the United States. And the feedback from from the exhibit was that everybody was so excited that mm. that's what was chosen to represent the United States of America mm. and uh, mm. not, not you know, the contemporary illustration of American architecture but, but something in a rural, relatively poor place and mm. that, that, that was also built by a, a bunch of young people. And, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I hope that's, you know, I think that's an incredibly good and positive thing to hear about the United States of America that people are saying well yeah that, that's 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 something that's good coming out of a place like West Alabama right um, and um, when you think about when we started talking you you talked about how you were energized when you first experienced Samuel Mockby mm-hmm. by the sense that you know that there was worth in this profession that you chose mm-hmm. and that 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 that's something you wanted and mm-hmm. or drawn to and 
you know, if you look at what you've got, what you've learned or gotten out of this, or if you look at the the place, not not really the students. I think you've talked a lot about the students, but the people mm. in the region mm. or that part of Alabama. I think mm. you're now in a, mm. what you're an honorary citizen of um, Marion, Alabama. Somewhere. Is that right? Um, <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you think about that? When you know, how, what words would you put to what what the what the worth of this is? Um, why it matters. Oh, well, um, sorry, I'm just, I was going to say something, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, sorry. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, well, just when <laughs> you, when you, this phrase that you, you know, that it's a worthy profession that you wanted mm. the work, the way you were an architect to, to have worth, yeah. how, you know, how do you well, measure I, that? How do you look around you and say, you know, that's true and, and this is, uh, well, this I, is what. Well, I would, I mean, I, as opposed to my, my teachers in London um, or in England, I, I, they were able to make such large, sweeping, bold moves and, um, in West Alabama, what you really appreciate is is small victories, <laughs> very incremental um, interventions. Um, we can't. There's no money to do huge, great master plans and huge, great visions. But what you do is just just sort of one little piece at a time, and it's very. It's a nice environment to work in because. What exists, particularly at the political level and at the local government level, the politicians are very, uh, they fight for what they've got. You know, they, they mm-hmm. will come and, I mean, for example, we were just working in a public, we're working in a public park, Lions Park, and the, um, there, was a, there was an area of asphalt, and I always say the word asphalt wrong, asphalt. Asphalt, uh, asphalt yes. Asphalt. <laughs> My students will love that. Mm. Um, the... the um, but the, our, our inclination, we wanted to take automobiles out of the park, and our inclination was to tear up that piece of asphalt. And um, the, the, the local judge said, no, you just, we, we can't do that. You know, that represented a substantial public investment and for us. And, and you have to understand that I, I, for one, don't think that you should do that. And what that forced us to do was to begin to make creative interventions into that piece of asphalt that was a parking lot and is no longer a parking <laughs> lot. It's now a, it's now a, a pedestrian surface. And our students have begun to imagine ways of dealing with that surface and putting planting in that surface that softens it, that, that stops it taking, uh, taking in so much heat, that 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 makes it more beautiful, and and he he challenged us, and if he just said tear it up, we'd have torn it up. But mm. he said, no, this was a value, and uh, for me, those little acts. I mean, he um, uh, these sort of small victories for both, not not for, and and uh, evidence of of um, people caring about their environment and saying, you know, this 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 represents hard-earned public money and we don't think that you should do that so mm-hmm. you know think about it another way and it, i for me it was just a marvelous example of uh of, of a you know a local politician saying you've been doing the right thing and saying the right thing and provoking us into thinking about thinking laterally about the way we were going to deal 
with our preconceptions of this surface because everybody thinks of asphalt as being its automobiles and our students have been provoked into this situation of making a surface that will be unlike any surface anywhere in the world and you know <laughs> okay. you know it'll be changed completely but it it's uh it's those small changes and, and valuing what exists that you can't just go in there mm-hmm. and tear it up and start again with everything. And I, I, I enjoy that sort of the, the oh, well, I delight in the sort of the beginning to sort of fix to the fabric, you know, sew together in very, very small ways, both architecturally but also sort of community-wise. Mm-hmm. And, and, and families you know, and individuals' a, lives a, as well. A, as, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the sustainability, the sustainable aspect of that. You know, maybe if we have a good public park in West Alabama, kids will stay in West Alabama. I mean, Don Ballard, who, who works for Alabama Power locally and is on the Lions Park Committee, you know his 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 family have have gone off to university and all that, and he's a local guy who's got involved with this park. And his, you know, he he has nothing to gain from this other than he wants to make Greensboro a really good place to live. Mm. He doesn't feel that it needs to get a Nissan plant or a Toyota plant. He just wants it to be a good place with a good education and good public parks. And I. You know, I pl- I love that guy. I mean, I think he's you know he makes he he is a, a fantastic member of a community and and has real vision and has nothing to gain from having that real vision. And mm. he comes to public meetings. He'll he'll be at a public meeting on Monday night to talk about the future of the park and what our students are doing. And it's great when you see someone like that who has nothing to gain. He's not a teacher. He's you know mm-hmm. he's just he's just a guy. And he steps up and says. You know, we should do this because it's the right thing to do for our town. Right. It's, it's a citizen incredible. meeting, you citizen architects. Abs- absolutely, <laughs> uh-huh. absolutely. All right, I think I've worn you out, but this has been really <laughs> wonderful, well, and thank you. we will be able to gather other voices, you know, down oh, there. Oh, great! Yeah, no, and I think I mean, that certainly. the combination is going to be wonderful. Anything I didn't uh, ask you about? Anything else you really want to say? No, I, I, I could talk forever i i don't know it's it's a you know uh, (laughs) the rural studio is is a it's a compelling story i mean it's a you know the rural studio is a great idea and 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 a fantastic story and you know mock b i I don't know if you know if you understood the sort of the history of of sambo but uh, i mean the it, it was an amazing few years that i had with him with him um contracting leukemia yeah. and then you know that he um died very uh, suddenly got, didn't he yeah but he got a transplant of his sister mm-hmm. he got a bone marrow transplant of his sister who then subsequently died of cancer mm. and then and we thought we had three years we had he was three years in remission and we really thought that he'd kicked it yeah. and he was running around like a maniac and i was just kind of clearing clearing up the mess behind him but uh, i mean it it uh it took an amazing and powerful personality to set this thing up i mean i have to say it, it it's not just anybody who could just go into the middle of nowhere and convince other people to follow him and do this i mean I, mm-hmm. what i do is the easy part what he did with no help and and having to go out there as this kind of strange and wacky guy with a beard and just in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of kids and really begin to set up the foundation for it that was the real work and i 
I will ever be in admiration of that. It's just fantastic because he could have had a much easier life than doing that. So, Well, I think what you do sounds pretty exacting too, and I, I wish you a restful sabbatical. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'll, thank I'll you try. so much for taking the <laughs> time you. to do this. Well, okay. um, I, thank you. I, I hope that we can talk about the... I mean, I, I don't know who... Y- you want to talk to me at some point about who is who you interview um, I, I have I have ideas for you so. yeah I I uh I think um my producer I think they're working on that and okay n- maybe in touch with you but I'm not doing that myself so um okay. I'm, I'm we you'll also know what's happening with this and we're we're working a couple months ahead of time so all right terrific yeah that's great thank you well very much. great thank you bye-bye all right take care bye-bye